KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> yeah, we're going to spend some more time unpacking this groundbreaking research that has been commissioned by KBLA Talk 1580. It is our first time doing this, but it won't be the last. We are determined to make sure that black voting voices are heard. And someone who spends a lot of time doing just that and actually encouraging folks to... Uh, to vote and become more informed and more involved is a Gen X award-winning journalist and on-air contributor. She says she talks like she's got the good common sense that God gave her and she was raised right. And you can find her everywhere talking about what happens at the intersections of politics, race, and social issues. She's got bylines, appearances, and producer credits aplenty. She's Democratic political strategist Jasmine Canick. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? <laughs> Grabbing my coffee from the DoorDash person right now. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. Um, well, I know I woke you up um, bright and early because we had uh, somebody Somebody got rained in and it's really coming down. You okay? No, you see, you see, that's the thing. You didn't wake me up. The rain woke me up. I'm Miss <laughs> Elliot. I can't stand the rain right now because my roof is leaking in three different places. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. And I, I, I have to say that because I have talked to several people this morning whose roofs are leaking. And yes. um, I, I feel for you. I really do. <laughs> Um, but th- well, I thank got you pots for everywhere. Oh Lord! Well, thank you for putting up the pots and coming on the air, um, because of course we know our roof, our leaking roofs will still be there when we get off the air. Here's the thing, though, Dominique. Right? We are so blessed to have a roof that leaks. Right? Yeah, yeah to have a roof over our heads it's at right. all. Yeah, for sure. At all in this city, yes. <laughs> So KBLA Talk 1580 has done a survey. They've Actually, we've hired Eviteris, which is a, a public Love opinion them. research firm, right? Um, and they have done, they have talked to 500 um, black, African-American, L.A. County, March 2024, likely voters. This was conducted between January 20th and 27th. Um, and it is specifically focusing on public safety. <laughs> this is a place I'm laughing because me and Jasmine hardly ever see eye to eye when it comes to public safety. And, um, it is, and we're both Democrats and that is exactly, uh, one of the points that's, that's shows up in this survey. Um, yeah. but one of the things that I think you will be encouraged by, I was that, the first question we asked was, what are the chances that you'll vote in the March uh, election? 91% said definitely yes. Of course. I mean, if you're, if you're talking to most likely voters, then yes, those are most likely folks who know that the election is in March and not in June anymore, right? Mm-hmm. This is our second time in L.A. County voting in March. And I just got to say, as someone who is deeply involved in politics and government here, it has been so hard because, you know, usually during the holidays, you take that time off, you come back in January and it's like, okay, you got 
five good months till election day, right? No, 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 no. We had like eight weeks, right? Yeah. And now we're literally one month out, right? And it's just what, February 5th and the election is March 5th. So it's been very challenging, I think, for candidates, for campaigns, and even for voters, like to to have to learn and understand all of the candidates on and issues on their ballot in such a short amount of time. Because the election, as I tell people all the time, it started on Friday when I got my ballot in the mail. The, the election actually ends on Tuesday, March 5th. Is the first ballot that dropped in your mailbox when it was available to you and you could actually vote right then and there, that is when the election started. So we are in the election right now. Yeah, I haven't gotten mine yet, but I'm sure it'll be here any minute. Um, you and I have talked about this a lot over the years, Jasmine Mechanic. In fact, we even did a campaign one year where we called out some of the electeds for not um, not seeking specifically seeking yeah. black votes by advertising in black uh, media, you know, and many consistently of just ignore us. Um, and I think it's not just in ad buys or, um, you know, their messaging. I think it's polling. It, I feel it seems like the opinions of black voters are often either assumed or folded into the general Oh, well, this is what everybody thinks. And I don't think that's very um, wise, to be honest. No, it's not wise. Of course, you would come to me when I took a big bite out of this cheese Danish, but I'm going to work it out. No, well, look, <laughs> I, you know, I'll, let you, I'll let you finish uh, the cheese Danish because, I mean, the thing is, in this particular election, the presidential election, right right now we're, we're focusing on L.A. County, but it's the same issue that um, surfaces in the presidential election. There's a lot of talk about Democrats taking black voters for granted, particularly Joe Biden, given the divide between black voters and the president on issues like uh, what's happening in Gaza, like the treatment of uh, black migrants, like, uh, you know... A lot of, uh, I know a lot of people are angry about the hate crimes bill, even though that's, in my opinion, illogical, but it doesn't matter. There's a divide. There's a divide, uh, and there is a feeling among people that I'm talking to that um, Democrats are not listening to black voters. So I think this polling gives them an opportunity to listen, not just to black voters as a hunk, but with the nuances that we actually have. Okay, ready now? <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm ready, girl, okay. I'm ready. So here's, first of all, kudos to, to KVLA and Tavis and you all for doing a poll. Polls are expensive, but the information that we, we, um, we glean from them is so very useful. And if I was a candidate right now running in L.A. County, I would be calling KVLA trying to see how I can take a look at those um, poll answers, right? Those results to see where, where voters are. The question or the issue of black voters being taken for granted is nothing new that has been going on for quite some time. Um, part of it's our fault too, because we, um, do what people expect us to do, right? And we don't, we push back a little, but we don't push back enough. And, you know, the Democratic Party, you know, people keep forgetting, like, it's the Democratic Party that 
sets the tone for the nation just in terms of the candidates, what the issues are going to be, who's going to be supported, who's not going to be supported, what the party is going to support. And that's from state to state and county to county. And so, and we're not active in the party. We're not, you know, and the folks who are active, and I love my elders, I, I, you know, I'm a grandma's girl, but a lot of the folks in the party who are Black and active are like 65 and older. Not saying that you don't have folks who are younger, but not as many. And so, you know, I tell people all the time, like, you have to be just as engaged as you want your government and your candidates to be towards you. It's like sort of like a two-way street, right? And so when you talk about the opinions and the feelings of Black voters, we're, first of all, we're not a monolith. We're all over the place. But, you know, we typically tend to be conservative on certain issues and more liberal on other issues. When it comes to crime and public safety and criminal justice reform, we are all over the place. Yeah, and, a lot of us have different feelings about that. And and, and this which, this survey really bears that out, Jasmine. Yeah, we are definitely, um, you know, I without having looked at it, I could probably tell you that older voters who are most likely to vote are very concerned about public safety. Younger voters who are most likely to vote are really concerned about criminal justice reform. Mm, yeah. And, and, and so and it's like, well, how do you message to those, those two groups of folks, right, who are most likely to vote, who are in tune and who do care about what's going on in this county? I think, you know, the DA's race, wow, it is probably going to be one of the most talked about races this election season locally, right? Um, because there's just so much going on in our county. Part of it, um, and I think as a reporter, as a journalist, you will probably really understand this, Dominique. I do blame the news in a way. People don't know that a lot of our news here in L.A. is very conservative, and conservative meaning the people behind the news. And so I do see a slant a lot of times just in terms of the veracity of the, the, the stories that we get yeah. about smash and grabs and this and that's like repetitive over and over and over to help scare you. <laughs> right. To make you think that every, you know, and it works. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. That, benefit, that benefits law and order candidates. Um, so which tend to be, you know, those prosecutors, those lock them up, uh, Throw away the key, folks. Uh, and I want to go through some of this. You know, to those candidates, I think that's great advice, uh, Jasmine, <laughs> that they ought, to, they ought to really be studying this data because it's quite uh, revealing. And it is available at KBLA1580.com. We just put it up at 6 a.m. It's been embargoed. But you can uh, go to KBLA1580.com if you want to follow along with Jasmine and I as we go through some of these results. Or if you just want to go um, to your campaign headquarters and huddle with your advisors and tease out some very telling uh, conversations uh, with 500 likely voters in L.A. County as of last week. Uh, so this is, this is a snapshot of what would happen if the election were taking place today, which, as Jasmine just rightly pointed out, it is. We'll continue the conversation when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you had it up to gear with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Democratic uh, strategist and journalist um, 
and Democratic Party activist Jasmine Kanik is with me today to go through some of these results that we see um, from a groundbreaking poll commissioned by KBLA Talk 1580 and uh, executed by Eviteris. Uh, this is um, instructive. It's informative. Uh, you're right uh, for candidates and also for those of us um, who are voting and trying to figure this out real quick <laughs> because our ballots, as you said, are arriving in our mailboxes. So um, they are. They are. And, and I want to speak to some of what you were talking about, about us being all over the place. Um, the, one of the questions we asked is, do you think recent efforts to reform the criminal justice system in L.A. County have gone too far, not far enough, or have they been about right? 22% said they've got, they have gone too far. And 52% said they have not gone far enough. Um, 13% it's a, say it's about right. At the same time, um, it, elsewhere in the polling, 83% of respondents said that um, they blame recent policies to let more folks out of jail for an increase in crime. So uh, I, to me, this is... Um, an example of how we have these seemingly disparate um, views in in the space yeah. of public safety. Absolutely. I mean, yes, that, that, like I said, we are definitely all over the place. And I think, when, like I said earlier, if we break it down between generations and age groups, you see, you know, where sort of the concerns are. I think Black people in general are, you know, we care about, part of, the, part of the issue with this conversation is that, is how we, how we talk about public safety and criminal justice reform. And sometimes we talk about criminal justice reform as if it's public safety and public safety as if it's criminal justice reform. Really, they're two different issues, right? And they're two different things. I mean, they're related, but yeah, different. They're related, but they are, it's kind of like housing, right? Affordable housing and, and homelessness. Those are two different issues, yeah. right? But they're definitely related, yeah. right? And so it's, it's sort of the same thing here. And I think in the conversation, a lot of times, particularly um, from the conservative side that likes to, to work off of fear, you know, they do blame Prop 47 and they do blame, you know, all of these um, reforms that have been put into place as the reason why um, crime is seemingly going up. But like I said, I think also some of that also just comes from our news media, um, whether yeah. intentionally or not. But if you turn on the news every day and all you see are people getting robbed, people getting killed, people going into stores and stealing stuff, then yeah, you do believe that that's what's happening around you every day, all day. Yeah. Um, and now is not a good time. Well, you know, now is not a good time for that. For if you're a candidate running for district attorney, depending on who you are, that is that, that doesn't help you. That's almost like a commercial against you, I think, if you're George Gaston. But what I try to remind voters, is particularly when I talk about the district attorneys, the race is that much like the police, the district attorney doesn't make all the laws. The district attorney just enforces them, prosecutes them, right? We as voters, um, either through our legislators, our state lawmakers, right, 
enact new laws or they come before us as a referendum on our ballot like yeah. Prop 47, but the, but the DA just up or down but the DA decides whether or not they're going to follow those policies um and, and prosecutorial yeah. discretion yeah of course there is but this idea that the district attorney is the reason for all of our woes it's not, and even I had to, and you know me, Dominique, so you know how much I struggled with this. Yeah, I mean, like, and I, you're my most yeah, law had, and order leaning friend. <laughs> for I sure. Had really, I had to really kind of like assess things for myself and, and dig into numbers and look at things because, again, if I just go by what I see on the mainstream news, local news here, I would never come out of my house. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I mean, but the other thing that that shows up here, and and, and um, our, this survey, like like the landscape of likely voters, does skew older. The you know the um, not because we set out to get older folks, but because that's who showed up you right as likely voters, and they also um, they skew female, they skew older, um, but and democratic. But interestingly enough. They're all across the spectrum. Um, in fact, the number uh, that identify as progressive is roughly equal to the number uh, that that identify as either conservative or very conservative. It's just a couple percentage points apart, even though the majority are Democrats. So again, you know, this nuance, yes, yeah. we call ourselves Democrats, but what we, the range of opinions and ideologies that we uh, consider ourselves to be within that range of Democrats is 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 quite broad. It absolutely is. I mean, you know, you have, you know, for me, and this is a conversation I think that we need to have in our community at some point. We need to really talk about what is a progressive and what is a moderate. Uh, yeah, for sure. Who's acting like they're a progressive? Who's writing the progressive? What's way, a progressive really poser? Progressive. Yeah, that's what I call what, progressive you know, posers. Tino's. <laughs> Yeah, well, I learned a new term from Senator DeRazzo yesterday because I, I talk about Dinos, who are Democrats in name only. And then Senator DeRazzo was like, well, let's talk about Pinos, um, <laughs> progressives in name only. And I was like, you know, that's a good one, Senator. So, yeah, we need to talk about the Pinos. Right? But, but seriously, though, we need to have a conversation because your idea of what a progressive is and my idea can be two different things. I know a lot of times people look at, like to say that I'm progressive and then I'll look at my, how I feel about things and say, well, I don't know if that's so progressive. You know, it's just, uh, it's a buzzword hmm, right now. Not it's sure how I would, I don't know how I would categorize see? you. I'm like, is it progressive? See? Is it libertarian? <laughs> no, not quite. No, no. <laughs> she she emphatically no. says no, not libertarian. Well, I mean, no, we just. But that's a real thing because <laughs> candidates use that as a buzzword to get elected. Yeah, like, for sure. Oh, I'm progressive, and then they get in office and their votes are anything but progressive. And it's very similar with the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party in LA County is full of moderates, not. And, as a matter of fact, let me, let me rephrase that. The Democratic Party in the country are it's run by moderates. Yeah. And, 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 and people have realized that with this Israeli. Um, you know, Hamas situation mm -hmm. and, the, and the stance that the party has taken, folks are finally realizing, oh, this is where the party is because the party is not a majority progressive. Now they run and say they are progressive, but but clearly yeah. they are not. Well, I feel like they take um, platforms and policies from 
progressive candidates like Bernie Sanders and AOC. Yeah. Uh, and then they they take them, they run on them, and then they execute them to whatever extent they execute them once they're elected. But they run on those policies because those policies are popular with the American people. Call it what you will. Um, yeah, and, and, and that is a whole conversation. But to your point, I mean, we only have a minute here before news traffic and sports, and we'll address it on the other side. But to okay. your point about being all over the place, um, when we asked in the survey um, what do you um, says thinking about crime in general? Do you think any of the following have been a major or minor reason for this increase in crime? Um, and the top answer is lack of resources, including mental health services and social supports to help people meet uh-huh. basic needs. Ninety six percent of respondents said that was a major reason. Oh, 96% said that was a reason, and 80% said it was a major reason. And that's far above any other response. Interestingly enough, a decline in morals and family values um, was at 88% with with, uh, a large number saying that that was a you know, a major reason, uh, 73%. So it's it's an interesting snapshot. And another thing I thought was notable, only 54% said they thought the defund the police movement was a major reason, and only 30% described that as a major reason. That, to me, says black folks are not buying that talking point, but we do have some real concerns. Uh, we'll look at that and some specific ratings on the different district attorney candidates uh, based on these polling numbers when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. Always try to do this before I run out of time because we get uh, we get off and running, uh, Jasmine Canick. Remind us how to follow you, um, look at your writings, and actually you're running uh, for public office as well, so um, we can check in where. So I'm running for re-election, and uh, I'm at voteforjasmine.com. I kind of keep that URL, so vote the number four, and then Jasmine with a Y. Uh, J-A-S-M-Y-N-E dot com. I'm on Twitter or what do they call it now? X at Jasmine. Um, I'm on threads. I'm on Instagram. Hello, Jasmine, TikTok, all of that good stuff. As much as I can't stand social media, I have a following and I'm actually on it. So <laughs> I, I try to, I try to use it. I do want to say two things before we jump back in. No, three things really quickly. One, I love that promo. Um, and you know, again, congratulations and thank you for all the work that you do, Dominique. Thank you. Yes. Happy Black History Month. Um, I want to um, also shout out that this week the Pan-African Film Festival is starting, and many folks know I'm very involved with that. If you're involved, if you love politics, we have a lot of political films that are um, going to be screening, so you should definitely go to paff.org and check that out. And we were talking about the poll, and I did not get to give a shout out to um, Eviteris because people don't know that's a Black-owned polling um, and research um, firm. And we don't have, I think they may be the only one in the state of California. And um, Shakiri and her husband run that. And I just want to give them a shout out because they always do really great work. And as I've been thumbing through the results of the poll, I'm just so proud of them. And I just love how, you know, our black radio station use our black owned 
public opinion research firm. And that's how we keep money in our community. I love it. Yay. And that's so true. It's recycling black dollars. If you want to find out more, it's E-V-I-T-A-R-U-S dot com. <clears throat> and um, yeah, using a black firm to talk to black people about <laughs> what we want. It makes sense. It, it does make <laughs> <Right>? sense. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I was highlighting some of the things that kind of supported what you were saying about Black people having nuanced and seemingly at times contradictory opinions. Uh, another example in this poll that we uh, just commissioned, um, we did say only 30% said that they thought, you know, uh, defunding the police was a real big reason for the decline in yeah. public safety. 51% said poor management of the police department was. 79% said they thought that was a factor. Poor management in the police department but 83% said they wouldn't that there's not enough police on the streets. So again, right. seeming contradictions. <laughs> Your thoughts? We are we are definitely all over the place. And I'm going to pull the car over and say this. And I know sometimes some of my friends hate when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You cannot sit up here and talk about us not having enough police. And then you keep telling folks not to become cops. So either we want police in our community that look like us and come from our community or we don't. We got to make up our mind because if we don't, then we're going to continue. You know, black folks almost don't even exist in the LAC anymore. Yeah, I know. And then, you know but I mean, but the, but, but the data show, if you look nationally, that black cops actually kill black people at a higher rate. So that alone ain't going to do it, Jasmine. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's that and some other things. And I feel like that's I, okay, showing I, up I, here I can take that. because if we're saying we want in the survey, we say we want more police on the streets. We also say the police are the police department is badly managed. And we also say reform hasn't gone far enough. So to me, that that voice is saying we want cops. We just don't want them acting how they act now. Of course, we don't want bad cops. We want. We definitely don't want to go back to the 70s, 80s, 90s right? um, LAPD. We definitely are, aren't trying to do that. But at the same time, you know, look, these are all part of the same issue, but also very different issues, right? The mayor chooses who leads the police department. And, and as many people know, we are in the process of searching for a new chief. Will we get our first female chief? Will we get our first black female chief? We don't know. We're going to find out soon, right? Then on top of that, you know, every time, you know, the budget comes up for the police department, they ask for more money. I've never known the LAPD not to ask for more than they asked for the year before, Right. Yeah, and, so, and then that becomes and then that becomes an issue because folks, you know, are upset because we you know, we're putting more money into public safety than we are in the mental health and in into Well, more into law enforcement issues. because I mean, yes. depending on your definition of public safety, mental health can be part of public safety and apparently these black uh, likely voters actually do think that like because what what we're calling for in solutions are just that money resources for mental health and and housing and things and where does that money come from it comes from our taxes being raised it comes from or um, cutting back know, on the police budget a bit or, so <laughs> right but then you cut back on the police budget and then those likely voters who think that well, I mean, but to be fair, we haven't really tried it. I mean, that that money that Garcetti trimmed got quickly, you know, replaced. So we haven't. It takes time. Yeah. One thing I have learned is that change, I, I learned, a, a, you know, as we get older, we learn a lot of things. And, and the same goes in politics. 
you know, change isn't immediate and nothing when it comes to government. Um, it takes time. It takes a couple of cycles to see if the changes that you institute are going to do the things that you have or we have predicted that they will do. I think that's something else that a lot of voters and folks need to take in mind, keep in mind. Like you do not change laws or institute reforms and think that a month from now, all of those things have fallen into place because that's not how it works, particularly with government, yeah. you know? And so, and we have to have a little bit of patience. It took us a long time to get in the mess that we are in right now, right? What makes people think that it's going to take one election cycle for us to get out of it? You know, Karen uh, Bass came into this job. She inherited a lot of problems. Uh, and she still, I uh, willingly- From a person not. who is arguably a Pino, as you say. Right. Don't get me started. So, you know, so, you know, and we don't expect her to, first of all, she can't solve homelessness. No one person in the city can solve homelessness. It's a team effort, but we don't expect for our mayor to overnight wave a magic wand and we don't see unhoused people on the streets anymore. We understand that it's a process and it takes a lot of, it takes time to institute changes and to see um, the results from those changes. And I think we're in the middle of that. I think the DA's race is sort of a referendum on that, yep. you know, and I think we have 11 people running against one person. I mean, there's almost as many people running for DA as there are judge. Uh, yeah, well, let's and 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 you're talking about over all the different seats, not one judge seat. So, so let's look at some of these numbers. One, I mean, one obvious takeaway take from this um, poll commissioned by KBLA is that this DA's race is still wide open. If it was up to black voters, it's yeah. definitely going to be a runoff. I mean, you look at Gascon, the incumbent, with 21 percent support and then after that um you know with the first round when we were just basing it on what they knew before we gave them any information the only one that cracks five percent is um deborah archuleta former judge um at six percent hatami is at four chimarinsky two the rest are like two and one percent that they're getting and um 48 percent of black voters here are undecided what do you oh, yeah. what do you make this, of that? We're definitely gonna have a runoff. <laughs> you don't have that many candidates in a race and not have a runoff, so this will definitely go through to um, November, right? I think that uh, I, you know, just in my own campaigning and working, I've heard from a lot of different people, actually black folks on different candidates. I had someone, I loaned a computer to someone yesterday and they literally came over and said, oh, by the way, what do you think of that John McKinley guy or John McKinney guy? And I was like, oh, wow, okay. So people are definitely paying attention um, to the district attorney's race in a way that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we weren't paying attention, right? Yeah, that, I, I think, think that's right. I think... I think my biggest problem right now with the opponents of Gascon are don't don't lie and don't use fear. I think candidates can stand on their own merits without trying to scare the living daylights out of voters to get them to vote against Gascon. And that's what I see a lot of. I, I, I do not think there's 
I think that what you see in this poll mirrors all L.A. County voters. I think L.A. County voters are, for the most part, half of us are undecided on the district attorney's yep. race right now. And so you're going to see between now and March 5th a lot of ads on television. You're going to see a lot of, hear a lot of ads on the radio station, hopefully on KBLA, because they want our vote. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to read um, a lot of ads in papers for those of us that still do that. And you're going to see a lot of ads on social media because now it's crunch time. Now it's get out the vote time because people are actually voting. Yeah, um, I, I do think Gascon makes it through. I definitely think oh, yeah. that he's, a, he's an incumbent. Um, he has a uh, huge name recognition. He's done some great work since being um, elected. He definitely makes it um, into the runoff with whom is is really what the question And to me, is. that's the, one of the most fascinating things about this is that there is really no clear, uh, you know, opponent that gets through. I mean, it, it, 6% is just hardly a landslide. Uh, on, the, uh, on the other side, we'll address this. Um, out of our survey, uh, you know, most, uh, not most of them, but a lot of folks have in have not only the impression that crime has increased, but they or someone close to them have been the victim. Uh, 24% have been victims of uh, violent crime and 64% property crime. And I think that's what you're always talking about, Jasmine. Plus, I want to look at how things shifted after we just gave our survey um, participants, one paragraph that the uh, candidates wrote themselves, you know, provided in their own literature, and how that shifted people's thoughts on who they might vote for. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Find a righteous range, and don't be afraid to say what you see. We're KBLA Talk 1580. Um, we're talking with Jasmine Kanick. She's a journalist and Democratic strategist, a writer and an advocate. Um, and um, we're just talking about this groundbreaking poll, which I have had the honor of being the first in the nation to unveil. It's our first KBLA Talk 1580 poll done by Eviteris, um, but it is certainly not the last. And we would like for um, L.A. County public officials and the public at large to get used to hearing and centering of the opinions of black voters. I think that's really important. And I, I'm really, really quite pleased that we are, um, that we're at embarking on this project. So Jasmine, I talked about crime and, and I think the polling shows that a lot, uh, a good proportion of these black likely voters have been um, victims of crime or someone that they love. So that's, I think that's part of the divide, right? Between what the data show us, which is that crime is down and the fact that people don't care that crime is down, they're dealing with their, with what they're personally dealing with and that constant inundation uh, on the news. Yes. I mean, I, I'm, I was just completely dumbfounded right now looking at the poll. I was literally sitting here, Dominique, saying, now who is this one person that said they don't know if homelessness is a serious issue? <laughs> I guess it's 1%. So, yeah, it could be. 1%, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like five people, like you're not sure. Like, yeah, right. Where do you live exactly? Yeah. I just really got sucked. I was like, what? <laughs> they don't have a television or clearly 
Right. Uh, they don't but leave yeah, the house, probably. <laughs> right. So, I mean, look, crime, you know, look, I, I did an event over the weekend with the district attorney. And one of the things I said when I spoke to the audience was that I'm a victim's advocate and I'm going to always be a victim's advocate. Um, I'm, and I do think that our district attorney is a victim's advocate as well. I don't always feel like that narrative, that information is shared as broadly as uh, some of the other accomplishments that come out of our district attorney's office. But Black people are victims of crime. Now, I'm not going to talk about who the perpetrator of those crimes are, because that will have your lines lit up and we'll have that'll be a whole nother show. But we are definitely victims of crime. And those crimes range from everything from murder down to the stealing of our automobiles. I know my neighbor uh, reached out to me the other day and asked me to look on my ring camera to see if I could see who stole his car. <laughs> that was parked in front of our building, wow. right? <laughs> um, and it just hit me. So I was just, I was just devastated. I was like, oh my, I feel so bad for him. He's a 30-something-year-old American Airlines pilot who drives a Corvette. So I think they stole it because it was a Corvette, right? Not necessarily because it was, you know, because mostly they're stealing like Hondas and Hyundais lately. Right. And catalytic converters. (laughs) Right. And so it just, it reminded me that it's everywhere when it comes like property crime. It's not just going into CVSs and Walgreens and stuff. It's, you know, I have to make myself stay off of next door and my neighborhood app because those people will drive me crazy with every suspicious person that walks down the block and or but the real stuff of people testing their doorknobs and, you know, trying to get in through the back of their house, their homes and stuff. So there's a lot that that that's going on crime wise. And so any anytime you talk to black voters, particularly black like likely voters here in L.A. County. Yeah, these numbers do make sense that people are concerned and they do think crime in general is a serious issue. Um, because it is because a lot of us have been um, victims of that. Right. I, go on, I don't know about you. I go on social media, I'm sure you do, and you see, like, your friends post pictures of their busted car windows, right? Like, oh, I woke up to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that all the time. And, and yeah, and, and, and car theft is one of the areas of crime which is actually up. But I also think the survey points to the fact that we, we black people, black likely voters, um, our idea about what crime involves is much broader than other communities. You know, we, we understand that homelessness and mental health and a lack of job opportunities, um, that all of these things play into the criminal landscape. And that's reflected here. Um, so I, I do think that should inform these candidates. When you're talking to black people, just it's not just about, you know, lock them up um, versus let them out. It, it's a much bigger kind of uh, social picture that we we black people are looking at in order to get in order to feel truly safe okay so when we come forward jasmine i want to just quickly look at how more information impacted people's impressions and just your get your thoughts and takeaways um on on a top line that's next on kbla talk 1580 say the quiet part out loud kbla talk 1580 the conversation continues right now, right now, right now, right now with right now, Dominique now. DePrima on First Things First. And I'm uh, talking with Jasmine Canick. Man, time flies when you're on the radio. Um, so, Jasmine, just um, really what we saw is we saw small improvements overall with folks 
as more information was given to them. Uh, most notably, about a 3% bump for George Gascon and about a 10% bump for John McKinney. I attribute yeah. that to the fact that people are more likely to know <clears throat> that he's black, right? I think that, and also he's been very visible. I mean, he's been all over, um, he's been all over the place. I looked at the respondent supervisorial districts um, that were listed, and I see that the majority of the respondents come out of Supervisor Holly Mitchell's district, yeah, our yeah. district number two, um, and that we know that a lot of black people live in district two, right? Um, I, I, so I attribute it to not just him being black, but also his messaging and the fact that he's, he's, he's been pretty visible um, in our communities campaigning as a black candidate for district attorney. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely ma- it, the the information is, is making a difference here, um, you know, albeit small, but this is them learning right that second and then doing another uh, another round. Um, what's your biggest takeaway from this data, from what you've uh, figured out so far, Jasmine? That we're uh, all over the place. <laughs> and that it's anyone's race in terms of the 11 opponents to our district attorney. Um, I, you know, I, 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 like I said before, I'm pretty clear that George makes it into the runoff. I think that we're going to be inundated as voters with mail, with social media, with email, yep. um, with all kinds of information to help us um, narrow it down and figure out who we want to vote for. Um, and, you know, I, I'm excited about this, the poll results. I love it. I love digging into research and looking at information like this because um, it lets you know how your neighbors are feeling and how folks um, really do feel about criminal justice reform and public safety um, in L.A. County right now. And while we were on the air, Dominique, I was I I texted to the D.A. I texted to people like, you need to read this. Uh, and yeah, and, and you're right. They do. Jasmine, thank I you. So, <laughs> thank you so much for being with me this morning. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Everyone stay warm and stay safe and happy Black History, History Month. And again, Dominique, congratulations on everything that you've done. Thanks so much. Um, Ayuko Babu of the Pan-African Film Festival joins me tomorrow morning. So you'll get info on that. Tavis Smiley is up next. He's got a great show for you and some powerful insights into the data we have been parsing. I'm Dominique DePrima. History is now, and we are making it together. Until tomorrow, stay dry. One love.